I want to share some things with you in the way of a new series that we're going to start this morning. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn, if you would, please, to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3, second book in the Bible. But let me just read a couple of praise reports here to you. Uh, these were just uh, such a blessing, and I just I want you to hear. I think it does us good to hear some things that are happening in people's lives. and It, it encourages us. Good testimonies, amen, encourages us, right? It lifts us up. It helps us to know, man, God's working, and what God did for them, God will do for me. If I release my faith and extend my faith in, in what Jesus did. Let me, let me read this one to you. This is a wonderful one. And this is just a personal thing that the Lord did for somebody. How many believe God's concerned about every area of your life? Every area. This is a neat one. This, uh, this family had been praying about a situation uh, concerning some, some, some kids that had been in their home for a number of years and some things changed and, and they were really concerned that maybe they weren't going to be able to see these kids as much as they'd like to. The Lord worked it out, spoke to the, spoke to the parent in this situation, and he's opened up his, his heart and his life to, to let them continue to have an influence in these, in these people's lives. Amen. So aren't you glad for that this morning? God, God does things like that. This is a really good one as well, too. Somebody that was really di was diagnosed sometime back and needed healing. Uh, the outlook was not very good at all. Uh, this has been going on since October, but she's making tremendous progress. The surgery that she had was a success, but they also deemed the surgery as a miracle because it's helped her to continue to live in Jesus' name. Amen. And then this one just happened last week. This was shared with me uh, by a family that was visiting us last week. They were, they were here for the Saturday service with Patsy Caminetti, and they came back uh, for the Sunday morning service, and we were just worshiping and praising and, and ministering the Word. And they told me on the way out, she said that I'd had a pain from a, a, a motor, not a motorcycle, a car accident that happened many years ago. I had severe pain in my back and in my leg, and it had just been bothering me for years. But she told me with tears in her eyes that during the service, she was healed in Jesus' name, had no more pain whatsoever in her back or in her leg. Amen. You can't tell me God's not still working today. Amen. Amen. And I believe he's going to continue to show himself mighty and strong on our behalf in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to share uh, a word with you today. And as I said, uh, for the next three weeks, we're going to look at this subject. And the title of, of this series is going to be this, Overcoming, listen, the I Can'ts. Overcoming the I Can'ts. And I'm going to share with you here in just a little bit how this, how this uh, came about. But the Lord really, I felt, spoke to my heart about, about sharing along these lines, uh, about some things that we need to recognize in our own lives that maybe that we put some limits on God. Amen? That we put some boundaries on God. People say, well, you can't put boundaries on God. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You and I can limit God and what God desires to do in our life. There's things that the Holy Spirit desires to reveal to you and to me about God. Matter of fact, there's things that says it like this in 1 Corinthians. I hadn't seen it yet. Ear hadn't heard it. It hadn't even come into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. So there's things that God has made ready for us that He wants us to receive and wants us to walk in. But there's things sometime in our life that just keep limiting us. They, we kind of keep bumping up some, against some of the same things over and over again. Has it ever happened to anybody before? 
It's happened to me. I'll be up, just be as honest and as transparent as I possibly can. There's been things that I bumped up against. And, you know, and, and, and it, again and again and again, you go, okay, Lord, I know you can't miss it. So help me to see. Help me to see what I'm not seeing. And that's why I, I just really believe in this year of 2020 that we're going to have some fresh revelation about who Jesus is. Amen. And see some things differently. See some things the way God wants us to see them, not the way we've always seen them, not just through our perspective and through experience, but really begin to see who God is. Just get this, this big picture of God. And one of the things that's so wonderful about having this word, that this word is a revelation of who God is. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to go, well, you know, you just never can know what God's going to do. Well, you can know based upon his word. What he has done, and yes, what he will do in the future, but what he's done for us through Christ. How he's made us whole and how he's delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son. Hallelujah. And how we have life now through him, and not just any old kind of life. We have life, come on now, more abundantly. So God wants us to, for us to see ourselves the way he sees us. But there's a big divide here. There's a big divide. And the divide is this, how God sees us and how we see ourselves. How, we, how God sees us. How does God see you? Well, quickly, he sees you in Christ. New creation. Old things passed away. All things new. He sees you right with God. He, he sees you as the head and not the tail. He sees you above only. And not many. He sees you triumphing in Christ. He, he sees, this is the way God sees you. But the big divide is this we don't always see ourselves like that, do we? We see ourselves as weak and beggarly, and I can't do certain things. There's just things that I just cannot seem to get over. And so we're going to uh, address some of these things in the next few weeks that I believe is going to help us all. I know it's helped me already. Just in studying some things in the scripture concerning, you know, overcoming the I can'ts. Concerning what some have called the grasshopper mentality. You say, what in the world do you mean by the grasshopper mentality? Remember the story in the book of Numbers how the, God said, I want you to go in and spy the land out. The Israelites had been wandering in the wilderness. It's time for them now to come into the promised land and take it. And God sends the 12 spies into the land. Ten come back with a good report. No, 10 come back with a bad report, and two come back with a good report. Joshua and Caleb said, man, let's go up right now. God's giving us the land. Let's do it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, we can do it. God's for us. But 10 spies said, no, 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 can't do it. Yeah, the land flows with milk and honey. The land is, we, we see what God said about the land. It's true. We've seen it with our eyes. We know it to be true, but, you know, we're like grasshoppers. We just can't do, I mean, matter of fact, you know, they, they view us like that. We view ourselves like that. We just see ourselves as these little small, insignificant little insects that there's just no way that we can defeat these giants. There's no way that we can overcome what we're seeing with our eyes. Can't do it. Joshua and Caleb, as I said, spoke something completely different. They said, yes, we can. Come on, let's do it right now. Let's go, let's go for it. And we know that the, that the report of the ten spies outweighed the report of Joshua and Caleb. And what happened? They wandered, you know, in the wilderness. 
wandered for 40 years, and they finally came in. But they had this mentality that, listen, we can't do it. We can't experience the things that, that God said we could experience. Now, in Exodus chapter 3, real quickly, we're gonna, I'm going to lay a foundation here this morning, and we're going to pick up with this the next couple of weeks. So if you possibly can, be here, join us as you look at some things concerning this subject. But in the book of Exodus, most of you know the story of Moses. Of how that, you know, Moses was born at a time where, you know, the, uh, the Israelites were in bondage to, to the Egyptians. He was born. He was hidden. You know, Pharaoh's daughter found him. And he was raised in the home of Pharaoh. He was raised in the culture of the Egyptians. And then when he was about 40 years old, he, he goes out and he, he sees some things happening with his brethren. He sees the oppression and the bondage that the Egyptians are putting on them. And, and he kills an Egyptian, you know, kills an Egyptian for beating an Israelite. And so he flees to the backside of the desert. And so for 40 years he spends in the desert. And then God comes to him in the form of a burning bush. People have asked me before, Pastor, do you really believe that there was a the bush that was burning but wasn't consumed? I sure do. I believe it. And this is interesting that, that this bush was burning and, 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 and Moses saw it. And when he saw it, he turned. And when he turned, God began to speak to him. It wasn't until he turned, read the scripture, it wasn't until he turned and saw this bush burning, that God began to speak to him about some things. He started saying this, listen, I've seen the affliction of my people. I know their bondage. I'm, I'm coming down to deliver them. I'm coming down to set them free. But this was the kicker. And let's begin reading with this in Exodus chapter 3, verse 10. It says this, come now, therefore, and I will send you. Now, God said, listen, I'm coming down to do this. I see the affliction. I see the hurt. I see what's going on. I'm going to come down, and I'm going to deliver them. And then God says in this, once again, in verse 10, come now, therefore, I will send, everybody say, you. I'm sending you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to, go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. But this, as I said, this was the thing that I think, boy, just, just took Moses back. He said, the way I'm going to deliver them is through you. Now, we'll keep reading the story here a little bit, but I want to say this. Moses began to make excuses. Know that? Moses began to say, no, I can't do this. I can't do that. I, I can't speak well. I, I'm just nobody. You know, who, who am I going to tell them sent me? And God said, listen, tell them I am has sent you. Tell them I am that I am has sent you. And, and I'm going to show some signs through you. There's going to be some things take place that I'm going to do through you that's going to really help my people, and they're going to be delivered. But Moses, you know, began to make some excuses. I can't do this, and I can't do that. Now, let's pick up reading in the fourth chapter, verses 1 and 2. says this, Then Moses answered and said, But suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, The Lord has not appeared to you. Verse 2, So the Lord said to him, What's in your hand? And he said what? A rod, a staff. What do you have in your hand? 
Now, we're going to develop this more and more in this series, but I want you to know something. You've got a lot more at your disposal than Moses had. You think, man, just give me a rod of God. And we know the rod of God it was, it was an expression of the power of God, the ability of God. It was, it was what God could do through a person. And God showed himself mighty, you know, through uh, Moses to the, to the Israelite people. But I'm telling you what, what you and I have at our disposal is far greater than a rod. Amen. It's wonderful. As wonderful as, as it was back then, you and I have things that are in us, things you have available that maybe you don't know about, things that are at your disposal. You think, that's mine? That's really, that is mine? Really, Lord? And the Lord goes, yes, it's all for you. You're an heir of God. You're a joint heir. Come on now, a joint heir with Jesus. Everything I have done for you. Everything I did for you through the person of Jesus, you have access to. Can you say amen this morning? But as I said, he began to make these excuses. And basically what he was saying is this, I can't do it. I, I, I can't do it. I don't have the ability. I, I can't speak. I just, I just can't do this. And the scripture says this, God said, I understand. I know how you feel. There's times where I don't know what I'm going to do. Is that what God said? Everybody go, no, that's not what God said. God wasn't happy with him. God was angry with him. He said, who am I? I've made the mouth. i formed the words. I can help you. He said, listen, Aaron's going to help you, and Aaron's going to work together as a team. But he also said this, don't forget that rod that you've got. Don't forget that that rod in your hand is going to, is going to be mighty. It's my power working through you. Amen. And folks, today we have access to the greatest power there is on the earth. That's the power of God. Not the power of nuclear weapons. It's not the power of, of anything that you might think about. It's the power of Almighty God that we have access to. But too many times people have looked at themselves and allowed what they see about themselves determine their, their, their outlook in life, what they can accomplish. Satan has a ploy. He has a lot of ploys. Fear is something he uses. But Satan has a ploy. And one of his ploys is this, to try to get you and I to focus on our weaknesses. Focus on our inabilities. Listen, focus on the what I can't do. Y'all have heard me share this before, but it'll, it's kind of a good illustration here. I wish I could sing better than I do. But I don't. And I'm good with that. That doesn't bother me because I still will praise God and I'll sing and worship. It's one of the greatest things we have access to. Satan, you know, has tried to tell me before, not recently, but many years, you can't sing. Well, don't sing. It's hurting people. It's a distraction. I just made a determination. I'm not worshiping him. I'm worshiping Jesus. Amen. I, I'm going to lift my voice up whether I can sing or not. And sometimes it's too loud. Sometimes, well, anyway, it's a little, maybe a little loud at times. That's okay, though. But listen what? God wants you to focus on who you are in Christ. Amen. And, 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 and not let your limiting beliefs determine your pathway with God. Because you, there's things that can limit 
you and I. They, they, you know, the Scripture says this concerning the children of Israel. They kept limiting the Holy One of Israel. God kept doing things for them, doing mighty things, delivering them, providing, you know, quail, providing manna in the desert, delivered them on a number of occasions, but they just kept running into the same wall over and over again and kept falling back, but God's love was toward them. Amen. He knew that they were but dust, and he just understood that, hey, I'm going to keep working with them, but they did limit God. I do not want it to be said of Bobby Marks, or I don't want it to be said of Cornerstone Church. We're limiting God. Amen. That we're putting limits on what God can do. Amen. Let's agree with what God says. You know, I've said this to you many times over the years. There's a quote that goes like this. The man who says he can and the man who says he can't, they're both right. Amen? The man who says he can and the man who says he can't, they're both right. And we, and we realize this because of the power of our words, the power of, 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 of our perception and how we see things that, that shapes what we're looking at. It even shapes our tomorrow. And then we, our words seem to just connect with what we're experiencing instead of connecting with what God says and looking beyond what we're seeing right now. And one of those statements is what I've already said, I can't. The I can't statement. Now, I'm going to give you a few, and this by no means is an exhaustive list of I can'ts. But as I'm reading this list, I want you just to think about it, okay? I'm not saying that, that you fall into all these categories, but maybe there's a category that you go, wow, maybe I fall into that category. Because one of the things that has to take place before you can get over a limiting belief is you've got to recognize it. You've got to recognize this is something that, that is limiting what God wants to do in my life. Some of the I can't statements or maybe I never statements. You've heard that before. I can't. I can't do that. I'm too old. I'm too young. I can't because I don't have enough money. I can't know God. I can't seem to ever get ahead. I can't learn a new job. I can't be happy. I can't, I never seem to get a break. I can't hear from God. I can't be healed. I can't be free. I can't know the will of God. And that's just 11. That's not all of them. But maybe as I was reading that, maybe you go, yeah, well, yeah, maybe. And then they're going to talk about asking anybody to start, you know, trying to dredge up all this stuff. But when you recognize something, and let me share, this is, what, this is where this came from. I was reading about, you know, Moses and, and Exodus and how that, you know, that he was telling God, listen, God, I can't do this. I can't deliver your people. God was just wanting to use him. Moses wasn't going to be the deliverer. God was the deliverer through Moses. Amen. And so that's what was going to bring the deliverance. But I was thinking about this story, and I was thinking about something that I like to do, you know, at sometime during the year, is I like to write down things about, about my life, about my walk, about personal goals, about church goals, about different things that are happening in my life. So I started writing down some things that I felt like were limiting beliefs in my life. And I came up with some. Lo and behold, imagine that. I came up with some things. 
that I felt like that I that was a way of thinking in my life that was limiting what God can do. So I'm just transparent with you. And so I identified. I wrote some things down. Wrote six things down. And it wasn't pleasant to write them down. But on the other side, I had this column. I had, on one side, I had limiting beliefs. On the other side, I had liberating truths. Amen. Well, I had that, and I wrote down some things that just came to my heart. Uh-uh, this is what God says about me. This is what I can do. Come on now. This is, this is, this is the path that God wants me to take. And I'm telling you what, in about a 15 or 20-minute time, I just, man, I felt good. Because I felt like I had placed some limits on my life. Folks, too many times we blame the devil. That's the devil that keeps doing that. Uh, I know he's behind a lot of stuff. <laughs> Amen. But I'm going to tell you what, a lot of the limits that we placed on our life didn't come from the devil. It came from us. It came from wrong, stinking ways of thinking. Things that, that, that would keep us in bondage because of our past, because of our circumstances, because, listen, of what other people may have said about you. The Scripture says this, that we're snared by the words of our mouth. We're held captive by the words of our mouth. I don't want to give the devil anything to work with. Amen? And so I'm learning, just like you are, some things about how important my words are and what I say. But help me, Lord, to, to have a mind that thinks like you want me to think, that doesn't put limits on you. That lets you be as big as you desire to be in my life. You know, Nigel quoted this verse, but there in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says this. Now unto him who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask, imagine, or think according to the power that's at work in you. So it's that acknowledging our weaknesses, acknowledging our shortcomings. Yeah, recognize they're there, but begin to let God do some things powerfully in our lives. Amen. Listen to this. The Lord gave me this. We must change what we're saying so we will change what we're seeing. We must change what we're saying so we'll change what we're seeing. Words paint pictures, don't they? Words paint pictures pictures you know and and we don't use this as much as we used to some years back but you know when you wanted to give somebody directions to get to your house you would tell them you know go here turn there go here turn there we're the third house on the left we don't do that much anymore what do we do now plug it in our gps and boom we're right there most of the time it leads us to the wrong place sometimes but not all the time but sometimes it does but words paint pictures. Let me just say this. to When you hear this phrase, I can't hear from God, well, what kind of picture does that paint? It paints a picture of, you know, what's wrong with me? What's, something's got to be wrong with And yes, there's some things that the Lord wants to work on in, in us to help us see some things, but I just can't hear. Everybody else hears from God. I can't hear from God. until It puts this block up, if you will. That just that, that gets it set in your mind, you know, I just can't hear from God. I can't ever seem to get ahead. 
What kind of picture does that paint? Picture of lack and not getting over it in a mentality that says, I guess I'm just going to be one of those people that just has to grin and bear it and just survive in life. Where do we read that in the Bible? We don't read that in the Bible. We read that Jesus came to give us what? Life and life more abundantly. And so picture uh, words paint pictures. God wants us to be people that are chasing the truth about who we are. Amen. Chasing, the, going after the truth. I mean, life, like our lives depended on it because in many ways it does. Amen. Chasing the truth. You know, people today are chasing all kind of things. Chasing all kind of man-made things that they think are going to bring them satisfaction or fulfillment. God wants us to be truth chasers. I tell you what I'm searching for. What is that, Pastor? I'm searching for the truth. Hey, I want to know what the truth is. Please tell me. Lord, let me, let me hear it from your word. Let pastor speak truth to me. It might step on my toes. Because a lot of time, when you, hear, when you and I hear truth about an area of our life that we're not overcoming in, it steps on our toes. It aggravates us. Well, who do they think they are? I, you know, this. It's not about trying to aggravate you. It's not trying to, about making you feel bad. It's about bringing truth into your life so you can be free in Jesus' name. And yeah, it may hurt a little bit. The Bible says the Word of God is like a sharp two-edged sword. It can cut on one side going in, but when it comes out, it brings healing in Jesus' name. It brings a different way to see things. Anybody want to see anything different than 2020? I do. I know you do too. I know it's your heart to see things the way God wants us to see things. The I can'ts reveal an area of truth that we're not seeing and walking in. I can't do that. I can't know God. Well, that's an area of truth that, that you're not, that God had, you haven't opened up your heart to receive what God's Word said. You, everybody can know the Lord. Everybody can experience salvation. Everybody can have a personal, real walk with Jesus. Amen. Not just a few people, not just people called a five-fold ministry. Any and every person can experience who Jesus is. I can know Him. Listen, I'm His sheep. I hear his voice. I know him. I follow him. Amen. He's my good shepherd. He leads me beside still waters. He's, he restores my soul. Amen. I dwell under the shadow of the, of the Almighty, under his wings I trust. I mean, we could just go on and on about things that, that the Lord, Word says about us, that maybe we're fighting it for whatever reason. Keep fighting. Folks, wherever you fight the truth of God's Word, that's an error of your life and an error of my life where our mind hasn't been renewed yet. We're fighting it. We're fighting about giving and we're fighting about surrender and we're, we're fighting about this and we're fighting about that. And what we're not seeing is this. Every time we're doing that, we're fighting against an area where God wants to reveal things to us and not condemn us. Remember, the truth is not condemning. The truth is liberating. When God begins to speak to your heart about your finances, about your walk with God, it's not to condemn you. It's not to make you feel bad. It's not to guilt you into doing something. It's about revealing an area that you can see things and begin to walk in those things and begin to walk out His plan of salvation. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning to you? I don't want there to be anything that's limiting my life. And as I, I, I shared some, you know, with you just a little while ago, this, this list that I came up with. But I tell you what, 
you're looking at a guy that the Lord's helping me. Amen. He's helping me. He's helping you too, I believe, helping us all in this year of a vision, a fresh vision and revelation and, and seeing God do great and mighty things. Amen. I'm ready to see some things change in my life. How about you? Anybody ready to see some things change in your life? Amen. I know I am. I know probably most of us are. See, well, how's it going to happen? You've got to change the way you think. You've got to change the way you look at things. I can't needs to be removed from your vocabulary. You know, we f I was talking to a friend of mine uh, he, that was here for the meeting with Patsy Caminetti, and uh, we were talking about different things and how that our church was doing a 21-day, you know, prayer and fasting, and I would encourage you to, to stay with that, however God's led you during this time. And of course, we don't want to make fasting and prayer just something we do 21 days in January. Amen. But as the Lord leads you to fast during the year, or as, as He leads you to spend some special time with Him in prayer, do it. But we were talking about, you know, this new year, and I was sharing with him what uh, we were doing as a church. And he said, well, you know, the Lord had me to fast negative thinking and negative words. There we go. Hmm. Made me think. Amen. And it should make us all think. Why is that? Death and life. Death and life. Death and life. Life and death. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. You know, Jesus even said this. Listen, if you'll agree with what I'm saying about you, and out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak, and you'll find that this place of righteousness that you can walk in, this place of peace that you can walk in, this place of provision that you can walk in, but your words can be stout and strong against me and limit you, condemn you, judge you. I want my words setting me free, not condemning me. So I realized I'm going to add that to prayer and fasting. I'm going to fast negative words, negative thoughts. Amen. If something comes to my mind that's not from God and you recognize it, you can't do that. You'll never get over this. Here you go again. You're going to walk around this mountain one more time, and this time next year you'll be in the same place you are right now. I know some of you have faced that because I've faced it. You go, uh-uh, this time next year I may be around this mountain this time and next time, but something's going to happen and I'm going to see myself getting catapulted, amen, beyond this mountain. God's going to help me see some things. My eyes are going to be open. I am telling you, I'm going to begin to see things. You're going to see things. I'm, I'm just declaring this right now in Jesus' name. We're all going to begin to see things about him that we've never seen before. Amen. Our hearts are going to be hungry, not for a religious Jesus or not just a little a cookie-cutter Jesus. We want to see him in all of his strength and all of his might. Come on now, in all of his power. Amen, and who he is, and we point people to him, and they, and they go, this is Jesus. Not what you think or what you've heard or how religion has painted him. This is him, high and lifted up, came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died a vicarious death, went into hell, came out on the third day, said, I've got the keys, boys, here you go. Go, go and tell the world. But I can't do that. I'm not, I can't be a witness. Why can't you be a witness? Why can't you declare, I've got the same power that raised up Jesus working in me. And I can declare, I can help people see. I can point people to Jesus. Glory to God.
And so the Lord's going to help us. Anybody believe that he's going to help us this year? See things like we've never seen them before. John chapter 17. I want to turn there real quickly, and we'll close with this. Pick up here next week. John 17, verses 14 through 17. This is from the message translation. So if, unless you have the message translation, just let, let, read the words off the screen. But here in this 17th chapter of John, this is what's been referred to as the high priestly prayer of Jesus. He's, he's praying for his disciples. He's praying for the people that would believe on him. And listen, he's praying for you and me. Anybody that would ever believe, he's praying for us. And it says this in the 17th chapter of John, verse 14. As I said, this is from the message translation. It says this, I gave them your word. The godless world hated them because of it. And listen, folks, we still live in an anti-Christ world, a godless world today. And it says this, and they hated them because of it. They're not going to be happy because you get free. They're not going to be happy because you, you choose to take a stance on truth. Amen. Because they didn't join the world's ways, just as I didn't join the world's ways. Verse 15, I'm not asking that you take them out of the world but that you guard them from the evil one. They are no more, this is what I wanted you to see, verse 16. They are no more defined by the world than I'm defined by the world. Make them holy, consecrated with their feelings, <laughs> with their emotions, with their experiences, what they think. Make them holy, set apart with, everybody say the truth. With the truth, your word is consecrating truth. Your word is what's going to set me apart. Your truth is going to cause me to, to see the success. I'm not talking about just the, the way the world views it, but in the eyes of God's success. We're going, to begin to, we're going to begin to see. The world's going to see our profiting. Do you know that? Amen. The world's going to see our profiting, and they're going to go. Tell me, what's the secret? I tell you, it's just, it's just Jesus. It's just submitting my life to him, surrendering to him. It's just it's letting consecrating truth set me apart from the world. So who's defining you? Let me ask you this question. Question to all of us. Who are we allowing to define us? Think about that. Ponder that this next week. Give it some thought. Write it down. Ask the Lord, Lord, am I allowing the world or my friends or what have I experienced? Or am I allowing something to, to shape and mold my life that's not of you? And if it is, show me. Let consecrating truth come into my life and set me free. Can you say amen this morning?